Welcome back to your home inspector training. I am Garth Haslam, the home medic. Subject today, we're going to talk about something everybody loves to talk about, and that would be septic systems. Now, as the home inspector, this may be one of those outside rare things where you see it uh, very rarely. Depending on where you live, maybe you'll see it every other house you do. In any case, you are going to be expected to be able to inspect and be knowledgeable about septic systems whenever you run across them. And of course, unless you live in the center of New York City or Chicago or L.A., you will probably run into one or two homes occasionally where you have a septic system. So you will want to have this information in the back of your pocket. We're going to talk today about the main parts of the septic system and how things can go wrong, what to inspect for, do's and don'ts, things to avoid, about additives and the factors that are associated with these septic systems. And then, of course, failure modes and how to spot a septic system that has failed. Also, how to advise your buyer on what having a septic system means and what sort of information they need to know that you can pass along to them. So let's just go ahead and get started. The parts of the septic system, of course, it all starts at the toilet or the sewer system inside the house. Now, it's going to be a rare system that doesn't send everything into the same place. Basically, the washer and kitchen sink and the toilets and the tub and the shower, they're all going to go out into the system. So it starts, in, of course, in the, in the main house, but then you go through the main drain that goes into the tank, and the tank does its job and sends the wastewater, the remainder of the wastewater, out into the leach field where the water leaches or drains into the soil, and that is basically the system. Now, the heart and soul, of course, of the septic system is going to be that tank. So we're going to talk about that for a minute. Now, usually, and you're coming at this from the angle of a home inspector, so there's things that you are not going to be able to do. Usually that tank is buried a few feet deep. You will want to find, if possible, and maybe by asking the sellers, by whatever you can do, or just by asking the buyers to find out from the sellers, first off, where that tank is. Sometimes it's been buried and it has three feet of soil over it. Sometimes you will have a tank where it is accessible via a small manhole. In any case, you need to at least identify where it is if possible. One thing you can't do without at least writing it up is to say, yeah, there's a septic system, but I have no idea where it is. That sort of thing needs to be written up. So inside the tank, you're going to have a baffle system, and that can take a lot of different designs. And, of course, you're not going to know standing on the surface of the soil what the design of the tank is. But there are going to be dividing walls or baffles. The purpose of that is to trap the scums on the surface of the water and the sludge on the bottom and to avoid any short-circuiting of sewage going directly from the input side of the tank into the outside. You need to have the solids, etc. get digested. So what's happening is let's say that Granny flushes 
the toilet and maybe it has, I don't know, a diaper wipe or a diaper or uh, if it's granny, it's probably not a tampon, but that's a possibility for a home. Those sorts of things are not going to be digestible. So what's going to happen is they're going to go into the tank and they're just going to sit there and they're hopefully going to go to the bottom of the tank where they become part of the sludge. At some point, those things are going to pile up and pile up. And if, it, if they're allowed to stay there too long, they can go up and over and through the baffles, whatever they need to do, and then into the leach field, at which point the leach field is damaged and now you've got to replace the entire drain system. If you just have organics, i.e. poop, that is going in, the septic system is going to last quite a bit longer because those organics are generally something that can be digested by the bugs that are in the system. And of course, none of this is inspectable. Even if you can run into the manhole and you get it up, all you're going to see is the scum on the top of the tank and you're not going to see anything more. You really don't know a lot about that. So as far as inspection goes of the tank itself, what you're going to want to recommend is that the buyer get a inspector, a septic tank pumper, who he can pump and then he can inspect and tell the clients what's going on inside that tank. So part of your job is to basically just recommend that the tank be pumped. Use this number very carefully. Usually... Uh, rule of thumb is about every five to seven years, but it can vary hugely depending on whether we have a house with two families and 12 kids that is used every day and everybody flushes a lot, or if you've got maybe a mountain cabin that only gets visited once a week by grandma and grandpa. So yeah, don't use the seven years as a hard and fast rule because it can vary greatly depending on what's going on there. So, if, however, it has been five years or more since the tank has been pumped, then you should probably tell them it's definitely time anyway. But in any case, maybe it's been six months, maybe at that point in time you can get the name of the septic provider and he can describe what he saw last time around. So, that's the kind of information that you'll want to pass along to your buyers. Now, a term that you might ought to be aware of is called anaerobic decomposition. Basically, most decomposition, let's say that a critter, a mouse, or a raccoon dies in the attic, it's going to decompose, and what's going to help it decompose is oxygen from that room. Aerobic decomposition, meaning using oxygen, is much less smelly and, you know, it's, it's the way nature usually does things. Anaerobic decomposition is without oxygen, and that's what's going to be happening at the bottom of the tank. If you ever hear that term, that is what's happening. It's not like it's an inspection point, but you should have it at least in your vocabulary so that you know what somebody's talking about if we go into that subject. So you've got the tank with the inlet on one side, usually on the top, Sometimes in the middle, it just depends on how the tank is designed. You're going to have some baffles, and we're going to allow water out the back side. That water should be considerably cleaner than the water going into the tank. It won't have the scums. It won't have the sludges. And sludge, again, is going to be diapers and tampons and mud and 
whatever else that is not a material that can be decomposed either aerobically or anaerobically. So now you've basically got the equivalent of gray water that's going out into the leach field. Leach field is going to be one or more drain lines, usually a perforated pipe drain system that just allows the water to drain out into the groundwater. So this is one of the inspection points, by the way, is wherever that leach field is, and you should find out if possible where that leach field is. If you can't find out where it is, you need to write that up as that's not been determined, and it must be determined by the buyer. So that's just part of your requirement to make the buyers aware. The size of the leach field, the design of it, we'll hit that briefly. Basically what's happening is they're going to start with a percolation test, also known as a perk test. And that basically is just a measurement of how quickly does water drain into this soil. If you have a sandy soil, it's going to drain a lot more quickly. If you've got a finer soil like a silt or a clay, it's going to drain much less quickly. And the leach field needs to be designed to accommodate whatever. Obviously, if, if you've got a clay or a silt soil, you're going to need a much larger leach field than if we have a gravel or maybe a sand type of a soil. So the perk test is a part of that. It's part of the design. Again, not something that you need to do specifically, but you need to know the term. Soil types, we mentioned that length, you can have, let's say that based on the perk test, they found that the soil will accept, we'll go with a number here, three gallons per minute. So then they say, all right, we're going to get so many gallons per hour from the house. Therefore, we need to have the ability to drain so many gallons per hour out in the field. You can have one longer leach line. You can have two shorter ones. You go three, you go four. That's all part of the design. And again, that's not something that you will necessarily inspect because you didn't do the perk test. But you'll want to be aware that that sort of thing can exist. Better to have multiple leach lines because if one of them gets plugged up, for example, with a diaper or whatever, there might be others. Okay, life is highly variable. I'd mentioned that. A lot depends on lifestyle and how careful they are. Sometimes if grandma and grandpa put grease down there or whatever, you're going to have a leach field that's going to plug up much more rapidly than if folks are careful. All right, so just to wrap up this particular subject, the parts to a septic system are the house itself, the main drain that goes into the tank, the tank itself, and the baffles that go in it. Then you've got the leach field, and I guess you could say it's fair to say that the soil is the final part of a septic system because that's where the cleaner water is going to go. Now, let's talk about do's and don'ts, especially the don'ts as relates to septic systems. And this is not something that you can inspect for, but it is something that your buyer is going to need from you. Don't pass over this lightly. Let's say that you've got a buyer who is maybe from the city and he has never dealt with a septic system at all. That typically happens in my area. So what you're going to want to tell them is that grease is a no-no in any sewer system, whether you're in the middle of the city or whether you're out in the middle of the mountains. 
dumping grease down the, the sewer line is a big no-no, but it's especially a no-no in a septic system because that grease, if it doesn't re-condense, for lack of a better word, if it doesn't go solid in the main drain line, it might do so in the tank, and if it doesn't do so in the tank, it might do so in the leach field, and if it does so in the leach field, they're hosed and they've got to redo the system. So grease is a big no-no. Cigarette butts, also a no-no because, of course, they are not going to decompose aerobically or anaerobically. Cotton swabs, menstrual products, napkins, tampons, all of those, they don't decompose. Also, you'll want to make sure that they understand and are clear that you don't put bleach. Now, the reason for that, let me back up a little bit. You've got bugs. You've got little bacteria that are doing a very important job breaking down aerobically and anaerobically the materials that go into that tank, and they need to live. If you put a lot of bleach in the system, those bugs are going to die, and then the entire system struggles greatly depending on how much bleach is going on. Same would apply with anything that could kill bugs. Maybe you've got a hydrogen peroxide, that sort of thing. Heavy chemicals of pretty much any sort can kill those bugs, and then you get a problem. Herbicides and pesticides are also in that category. Lye and paints and solvents, you know, it's just, yeah, your client needs to be clear that the sewer system, the septic system, is meant for sewage and for disposal of nothing else. 99% of you, as you're hearing that, you're going to think, well, that's dumb and obvious. And yes, it is, but you will get the clients who raise their eyebrows when you mention that to them and say, oh, thank you, I didn't know that. And those are the guys that would have completely destroyed their system, and saying that makes you the hero. And as you know, because we're home inspectors, we're all very much aware that things that people should know, they don't, and that's why you and I have a job. Salt is another one of them, another one of the items that you don't want to dump in large quantities into the septic system. So that's the don't. Then there's a list of avoids, and these are inspection points. Once you know where the trunk line is that goes to the tank, and once you know where the line is that goes to the drain field, you're going to want to make sure that we don't have trees and shrubs in that area. So basically what's happening is that let's say we've got a small leak in the trunk line going from the house to the tank. Let's assume for a moment that that has a tiny leak. That is exactly what trees and shrubs are looking for. There are plenty of nutrients going on there, and of course there's water. This is heaven, of course, for tree roots or shrubs, so they are going to find that if and when that happens. And then as the root goes into that spot, it's going to find where the leak is. It's going to go there. It's going to find its way into the trunk line. And then you've got a busted trunk line. Then we have problems. Nobody can flush the toilet. We've got to bring out a backhoe. We've got to do reconstruction. And uh, everybody's crossing their legs until that happens. So if you've got trees and shrubs in that area, not good. It needs to be written up. Similarly, if you've got playgrounds or storage buildings, the leach line needs to have absolutely nothing above it. It needs to not be disturbed because it's got an important job to do. And if it 
gets disturbed a lot, bad things happen. For the same reason, you don't want to go with paving above the leach field. As you know, probably, when you pour water into a sink, the sewer line there is already full of air. So for the water to go in, you've got to displace the air, and that's what the sewer vents are for. Same sort of thing applies in a septic leach line. You've got air spaces that are going to be filled with water as the water drains, and if that air can't basically be exhausted or pushed away, the drain is not going to work very well. So if you've got paving above, that air can't move around, and so you've got a poorly performing leach field. If you have paving above that, that is something you definitely need to be writing up as the home inspector. In addition, you've got flooding from above. If the leach field is actually in an area where it's liable to be flooded, maybe from a sprinkler system, maybe from a heavy rainstorm, maybe from a river bed that might go higher at a particular time, that is the kind of thing you're going to want to be paying very close attention to and writing up as the home inspector. We need to have only direct rain water fall on this leach field area. If you've got large volumes of water from any other source, they could be having problems. And so it becomes your job to make sure that they understand that this could be a failure mode for their septic system. Obviously, you don't need that 3 a.m. phone call from somebody who's pissed off because now they can't flush their toilet and you should have told them about it. Not good for your heart, not good for your career, not good for the realtor who referred you and realtors talk. So want to make sure you stay on top of all of these things. Last item I want to cover, actually the last two items that I want to cover in this subject are the factors associated with septic system design, just to have you be aware, and then failure modes and how you can spot them as a home inspector. So the factors, let's say that you decided to quit your career as a home inspector and you wanted to start a career as a septic system designer. The things you're going to be concerned about are the volume of the tank, the input of the non-digestibles, which, as we talked about earlier, are the napkins and the cigarette butts and the bleach and the salt and the grease, those sorts of things. You're going to want to design for that so that the tank has some forgiveness factor so it can store those without those washing over into the leach field. You're going to want to be aware of the temperatures in the area involved. So for example, if the leach field or if the septic system is in southern Florida, you have a very different set of conditions than if it was in northern Montana. You got temperature differences, you got soil differences. Obviously in Florida you've got a very short distance to the groundwater level and so that has to be addressed as part of the septic system design. You've got usage that needs to be accounted for. Is the house 6,000 square feet or is it 600 square feet? But sometimes you can have those extreme homes where you've got a single home that is maybe just a few hundred square feet, those tiny homes that you see on TV. Maybe you've got similar to that in usage level. Maybe you've got a mountain cabin or something like that. Maybe it's even 4,000 square feet, but it's some rich dude's fourth home. 
obviously the design has to be affected by those sorts of usage factors. Of course, the system has to be designed for this guy coming and bringing, you know, 20 of his closest friends. But these are the design factors that as a designer you'd want to be paying attention to. And as a home inspector, you need to be aware of as uh, potential inspection points. Leach field capacity, where is it? Is it potentially being addressed by or affected by playgrounds or whatever may be on top of that leach field? Is it in a clay area or a gravel area? Is it potentially buried under a landslide? Those sorts of things. As the home inspector, you kind of want to review the design. Some of them will be good. Many of them will be good. But in many cases, the design might have been done by Grandpa Joe, who just wanted to get the job done. So it becomes your job as kind of the design reviewer to make sure that whoever did the design actually considered some items as they went ahead and did the project. You will want to find out everything you can about the maintenance of that system. So, for example, if it's 10 years old and it's never been pumped, that's one of those red flags, something you're definitely going to want to write up. Some systems, if they're used regularly, need to be pumped every few years. Others can go 10 years or more, but you're going to want to find out as the home inspector what the pump history has been and who did it. And then you're going to want to recommend that the buyers talk to whoever that technician was and see what he remembers about the tank, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses and those sorts of things are. As far as failure modes are concerned, and these are very direct items that you will want to include as part of your inspection. If there is surface ponding at the leach field, that means one of two bad things has happened. Either you've got water that is flooding that area, or worse yet, Maybe the leach field actually can't do its job anymore. Maybe you've got greases or whatever that have filled up the pore spaces. And so the water can't drain, so it's going uphill instead, and it's actually ponding on the surface of the soil. If you see that sort of thing, you know you have a failed septic drain system. Somebody's going to have to spend some money to do repairs on that. Similarly, if there are green spots, that also means that the water in the drain field, the leach field, is not draining. And so as a result, the plants and weeds that are on top of that space are getting well watered, and so they're going to be green. So if you have a leach field that is maybe three lines, and you see three green streaks that are above each of these three lines, you know that you probably have a failed leach field. That would be something to definitely notice and write up. Similarly, if you see settlement, quite often again when you've got these super wet areas where water is not draining, you're going to have the soils get wet. They're going to go muddy, and when they get muddy, they're going to settle as they dry out. So if you've got many trenches above the leach field, that is another sign of failure that you need to write up and make sure that your clients are very much aware that there may be some big dollars that needing to be spent on restoration of the septic system or at least a part of it. Most important thing you can do is in septic system inspection or any other inspection 
is to take the attitude that you are there to take very good care of your clients. You are there to protect them. You're being paid very well per hour to do everything you can for them. And so as you respect them and you try to give them all of the knowledge that you can gather from me or from notchi.org or from any other source that you can, they'll appreciate you. It's good for business and it keeps you out of court. So please do that. Now, go out. Make me proud.